No, you guys have been the funniest so far. Oh, it's not started. even started. Well, we yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, finish everything. What's the validation? <laughs> we really just want to be told we're funny. That's yeah, 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 that's yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just corner bands and then make them laugh. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. You're like me. to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 266 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and damn, I'm such an airhead. Sensitive and distracted. But never mind me, let's talk to one of the best breakthrough bands of 2023. Yes, we went along to the Marble Factory to speak to the beautiful Honey Revenge who were asked to go and support the used on their current UK tour. So we got to go and meet Devon and Donovan and we had a fantastic time meeting them and just chatting to them really. And I think they had a good time too. Yeah, literally this band have just exploded onto the scene, combining their love of pop punk, R&B, and heavy vibes. A fun duo from LA, and the band is just all about their personality. They're full of energy, just incredibly sassy, and just like to have a good laugh with everything in between. They released their debut studio album, Retroversion, earlier in the year, and honestly, I haven't stopped listening to it. It's just funky, heavy, groovy, everything you can imagine. And they've been killing it this year in 2023. So we thought as we were there having a conversation with Mr. Burt McCracken from The Use that you can go back and listen to, we can just get into the insight of of everything they're doing, touring with The Used. And this was recorded the day after they played two shows in London back to back on the same day. And you'll hear all about that story on uh, later on from them. Um, Two gigs, one day. I don't know, they managed to, number one, pull it off. Number two, <laughs> get permission to do such a thing by the used and stuff. But yeah, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Great human beings, and we had a good time with them. And I believe they had a good time with us, and I hope to see them again in the very near future. Well, it's going to be awkward if they didn't have a good time because you will literally be in the same facility as them because oh, they're returning yeah. to the UK in May 2024 for Slam Dunk Festival. True. And also, yes, to hear them talk so greatly about Yumi 6 was both beautiful and crazy when you think about it because what's the odds on an American band loving a British emo band when... They've got all of the emo bands over there already, <laughs> which is mad. But yes, great. We all, hey, we love Yumi Six as well. Before anybody says anything, <laughs> we love Yumi Six as well. It was just mad to you that an American's band, American, an American band's favorite band, is fucking Josh and the Boys. Like fucking mad, unbelievable. It just shows their impact. So it's glad, and and I'm looking forward to festival season already. We can have a giant. Love Festa over there. But I just want to give a quick shout out to Claire Hodgkins, who uh, took some photos of us with the band as well that you can see on our social media pages at Sapling Pod 
on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter. And hey, it's the end of the year. While you're in the festive spirit and, you know, just kind of celebrating everything, why not go over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapmin to support us and keep this podcast going. But if not for me, for Sean, because today is his birthday. Hey. Hey. Happy birthday. Uh, and the crowd goes mild. Yes, it's my birthday. Uh, sorry for that. Um, but yeah, if you want to give me anything, um, direct cash up. I accept 20 pound <laughs> notes straight into my hand. Oh, yes, please go and consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash happening, um, where you can meet, uh, potential new best friends and interact with a fucking absolutely amazing, amazing community that we've somehow created that is the best part of the fact that we do this fucking podcast. So yes, patreon.com forward slash happening. That's enough of that. Yes, let's get straight into it. This is the incredible, sassy but fun Devin and Donovan of Honey Revenge on episode 266 of Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! I like these two a lot. Sapnin! 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 Yeah. <laughs> We're here now with the wonderful Dev and Don of Honey Revenge. How you doing? Good. Hi. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm here. <laughs> Last night, we had a double header, opened for the used, drove across town for a headliner. Yeah. Now, two shows. Well, excuse me, a show today, a show tomorrow, and then we fly home. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, how did the... um? How did the two shows come about? What was the... So, essentially, we had an initial plan when we were going to come overseas to do a run of headlining shows. So, the London show, the plan was to just announce that first and then announce some more. And there was, like, cities in the works. Like, nothing was confirmed. And then that show sold out in, like, two days. Because we actually have more listeners in London than any city in the world, believe it or not. Yeah, it's, I don't know why, but that <laughs> happened. It's crazy. So that sold out really, really quick. So we were like, okay, well, we'll just add these other shows. And then while we were out with Arrows in Action over the summer in the States, we got this offer to go out with the used and the home team. And it just felt like the right thing to do because obviously headlining is really fun because they know the words and you can kind of play more songs. But for us, I think we are in agreement that like we're in such a pivotal stage in our careers that we want to be exposing the music to new artists you know i mean sorry new artists new audiences that was good that was good i sounded really confident until i fucked that up (laughs) but um new audiences and like for us like i think the used is a really like core band in our scene and the home team are just some of our favorite people they gave us our first tour ever so to come overseas with them on their first uk tour and our first uk tour just felt right oh wow and our manager, who's been in the game a long time, shout out Derek, he said he's never seen this happen where they just already had a London show the same day as our London show and down the street. And because we were opening for them so early, it worked out that we were still able to headline our own show. So it just like literally fell into our laps. Oh, that's cool. Though. 
was there any um I'm in and are in back and forth with the used people with you already doing a London show. They were just cool with it. Ours was already sold out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so yeah. it so, was yeah, kind of like... not going to affect them sales. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And some people did both. Like some people went and saw us with the used and then also came. <laughs> and that was just really crazy. behind the van. Literally. Okay, <laughs> no, <come laughs> well, it's just funny because like you go to, you know, you get tagged in the Instagram stories and stuff and you would see like the first because we changed outfits and obviously it's a different venue but you'd see both shows and like they tagged us and it was really really cool yeah. to see people like ride that hard for us that they would come and do both yeah because if we were tired i can only imagine <laughs> that they were tired too well i was gonna say i was gonna bring this up i'm surprised that you guys can even talk to us today after <laughs> going through all that but like the, the logistics of it on the day must be a whole other thing because even though it is technically down the road, it's London, so that doesn't help at all. But you know, yeah, I mean, to, to get off stage at one venue, supporting the used in London, and then go do a headline <laughs> show like literally minutes later. How did you? How did that go for you mentally yesterday? It was a lot. It was. We, I feel like I think it went as well as it could have. Uh, what happened? We went to the venue for the used. We loaded in all of our stuff. We got ready there, and then we ran over to Camden. Uh, loaded in our other back line because we rented different gear for that show which was like really fucking cool i'm not gonna lie that's pretty sick uh loaded that stuff up and just ran back to the used show (laughs) got ready played that as soon as we finished that show we loaded our stuff in the van and drove over and basically straight up the stairs had like five minutes ten minutes to chill and then it was on stage again wow so it was a lot where was your show in london um the headliner was at camden assembly and the other one was a o2 forum yeah Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's not drastically different. Yes. Literally 10 yeah. times the size. <laughs> yeah. But that, what I'm saying, like, it's not a million miles away. No, it wasn't yeah. across town. Yeah. It was like a 10 yeah. minute drive. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Cause yeah, sometimes you can be like a mile away in London, but it's going to take you an hour. Together. Oh, we're from LA. We know. It did take us that long to get there did initially. It? Uh, Cause we just got stopped in the traffic in Camden proper. Yeah. So it, I think we were sitting there for like 10, 15 minutes at one red light trying to get over to the <laughs> venue. <laughs> A nightmare. But by the time the actual show changeover came, it was easy peasy. Like, yeah, I truly think it was so, everything has been a lot easier for this tour than I not was led to believe, but like had an understanding of it being like, and I'm sure it's tour to tour. It's going to be different. Like, but we've just been very lucky on this run, like getting overseas and going through customs and bringing all the gear was a lot easier than we thought it was going to be. Like it went super fast. And then that show like we were all i think kind of like stressed about it in the earlier parts of the day but it went super chill everyone at camden assembly was so nice and helpful with getting us in and you know everyone like the used agreeing to let us do that was super sick like they've also just been so welcoming like you know it's intimidating coming on a tour as a young young band like us and like having a group like the used who are so like iconic and legendary in the scene and they're just like so nice and welcoming and sweet. So I think they were just like, same with the home team, were just stoked for us to be able to do that. Like, that's a cool thing to say you did in your first year of touring, especially overseas. Well, that's the thing. This is your first time in the UK, like literally as a band and, and playing these shows. So it's a bit, multiple bucket list ticks off straight away. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're coming here and doing Slam Dunk next year and we've never played a festival. So that's our first festival. And to have that be Slam Dunk is nuts. <laughs> wow, nice. My my old band I was telling you about earlier that I had to call it a day of playing Slam yeah. Dunk. Oh yeah, well. really? So, yeah, oh, we'll, we'll see each other again. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. oh my gosh, I'd love to catch the set. That'd be no, so no, fun. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> 
Please don't. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Just so we can have a nice moment like this after, and then we can record another podcast. Please don't. Yeah. Because you, you'll just be like, oh. You know you're making. Is this like a reverse thing? You're just trying to get me to see the band by telling us how awful you are. No, 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 no. Genuinely, for your sake, (laughs) for your own mental health, I wouldn't bother. Wouldn't bother. My worry is that you'll hear it. One of them will get stuck in your head. You'll end up repeating it out loud in the UK, and someone will go, "You're not cool anymore. You're you're like that load of shit." So yeah, so don't. Yeah, it's not even worth risking it, really. But yes, yes, Slam Dunk will be amazing next year. Yeah, Yeah, first ever festival, and it's in the UK. With so many bands that I've been listening to for so many years, too. You have no idea. You Me at Six, you Me at Six specifically, are one of my top five favorite bands ever. Wow. Um, and I've also always wanted to see them over here because for some reason Americans are stupid (laughs) and they don't love Yumi at Six over there the same way that they do over here. And so they rarely come out our way. And when they do, it's like, you know, I can tell like it's not the crowds that they pull over here, which is stupid again. (laughs) And so I love them so much. And water parks, the ghost inside, just a bunch of state asking Alexandria, just bands. I've, loved and i know donnie's loved for years and years and years and a lot that like surprisingly even though i've been listening for so long i've never seen or never seen in their like home country you know yeah i'm super stoked for uh seeing head automatica i can't oh, yeah. they're playing the 15th anniversary of their first album again so yeah that's gonna be a good one yeah it's gonna be a fantastic festival well done to ben ray you booked slam dunk this year what Woo-hoo! a great lineup yeah <laughs> thank you very much for having us thank you, ben. thank you thank you thank you thank you ben but but Use the chant that you um you had us contractually sign. That was it. Four bends, I believe the chant said. So that, that's oh enough. fuck, we forgot the stomp and clap. Oh, <laughs> oh no, we're yeah, we're both off slammed out now. Shit, <laughs> shit. But just black ball, just never again allowed to play. But, but the thing is, this year, twenty twenty three, is just being so many firsts. For you guys in so many ways. You talk about tours, talk about the album, like everything all coming together. How weird is it being just kind of seeing these ideas and the excitement for everything actually hit people now and kind of knowing it's an actual thing. They're not just plans, not just dreams you're having. You're actually going out there and doing it now. It's crazy. Because like it, it started, I was just like playing guitar, you know, I'm just trying to have fun. And then now it's like, oh, well, maybe we can write a couple songs together. And then people kind of liked them a little bit. So he wrote <laughs> some more songs together. And now we're in another country. We went around our country a couple times. Now we're over here doing this stuff. And people are like connecting with the songs. Like they're not just listening to them. They like mean something to people. And that's crazy. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when you think about it, like you, you picked up a, a guitar just to write a few little ditties and now you've you're running a business the other side of the world <laughs> literally what it's crazy yes yeah, bonkers yeah yeah i say crazy town bonkersville <laughs> that's my nice. little thing i say but i mean yeah it's you know you hear it till i'm blue in the face but i think it's really really wild like i think the coolest part of this specific tour for me was my mom and five of my best high school friends flew over and were actually there for the double header last night. So they came to both. And my best friend, Alex, who I've known since I was 13, she was my first friend when I moved to a new school. Like she's the oldest friend I have. And she was bawling her eyes out 
from the like I remember looking at her like two songs into the headliner. You know, they've It wasn't that bad, was it? No, it was actually like when you're cutting onions or and she's just like, Oh, it smells so bad yeah, here. She was, just, she was cooking inside the stage. We just fucking reek. <laughs> yeah. We like actually smell. No. No, I love it. It's, I love it. I mean, always have to make a funny out of everything. But no, it's like it's cool because you know, they've seen us open. They've seen us open. But it's, I think, really special for my mom, especially to get to see people like they know all the words like those people are the first 150 people, 200 people to buy tickets. And that shit sold out fast. So those are like I know our booking agent was saying those are the diehard fans in London. So and they traveled. Some of them traveled far. So that was, I think, the really coolest part is you kind of get to learn very quickly, especially this early, like who the diehards are. And these are people that you're probably going to see a lot. And it's cool because like. You know, obviously we've never been here, but there was a couple fans that like I run all the socials, so I'm the one interacting with everyone when they comment and like and DM us. So there was a few people that like I knew by name, having never met them, and I think they were like you know a little stunned. <laughs> that I was like, oh, I like calling them out by name, pulling them over, and like giving them set lists and stuff. Like that's really special to me because I was that fan. I think that's the coolest part of it is like when I was a kid. I wanted to get into the openers because I wanted to be that fan that was there from the fucking beginning and see them as many times as possible and like be remembered by them. Like that felt really special to me. It made me feel important. It made me feel like I had my place in the music industry, even back then when it was just as a fan, like it encouraged me. And I think it's why I stuck with it. And it's why I do it now is because I want to create like a fan base that I can connect with the way that like my favorite bands connected with me. So I think that's like the coolest part, full circle. But it's good that you've got that mentality towards it as well, because there's being so much excitement around this album and you guys, again, hitting new territories. But the fact that you're still taking it in from that fan point of view means a lot to people. And it's that connection that really makes or breaks a band, I feel. Yeah, I mean, that's the entirety of everything I do with this band is like, you know, there's little things that come up in like meetings and shit where they're like, oh, well, no one's paying attention to that. And I'm like, that's so not true because I was paying attention to that shit when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like I was looking at the feed and looking at their little hints and I wanted to be part of the contests and like all the little funny videos they put on that people didn't think they were watching like i would watch that shit and memorize it like i have no shame like there are certain bands that we've even befriended now as a band that i'm like you know i used to buy you guys chick-fil-a gift cards so that you could eat on the road <laughs> like i've told them to their face because i don't care because it's like that's the coolest part of it for me is like now we're like colleagues rather than fans so he is now yeah you're on the same it's weird it's weird crazy. but it's like it's kind of like feels like it was manifested because like that's what i used to go to sleep dreaming about was like that i would create a career for myself to the point where like bands I loved would want to work with us, you know, like that's the whole purpose of it all. Yeah. Who are some of the, uh, the bands that you fangirled over that you? Well, it's especially funny. One of them is like the band that our close friend and like basically co-producer of this band, KJ Strock. He was in a band called the white noise. Um, and I got really into them and I would, I remember I saw them at a venue that was like 30 cap and it was like way 2015 they were playing with like Wage War and Ice Nine Kills in like a teeny, teeny, teeny venue back where I'm from. And now he like makes our music with us. You know, Broadside was a huge one and I featured on their album this year. Like that was nuts because like, I mean, I made a little video about it, but like 
it was like the year I got into music school was the year I got to do a bunch of warp tour dates. And I like remember going up to Ollie and flat out being like, I want to be in a band, but no one wants to be in a band with me because I have a vagina. And like, he looked so scared because like, what do you say to some <laughs> random kid? Like, who the oh, fuck? He's yeah. like, where's this? Where's your mom? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Look how aesthetic penis you can have. I don't know what else to say, you know. Right. But yeah, no. So like now we're friends you know like we love broadside like they're some of our favorite people we got to do our first tour with them and then you know me getting asked to sing on their album like it's one thing to like have someone you look up to be down to feature on something you do but like to be asked by not one but a couple bands that you really look up to and really love to sing on your stuff like that's really cool i think we need a you and you me six uh collaboration let's make that happen i'd projectile vomit all over the place well it'd be a good ending of a song (laughs) (laughs) i love you me at six like i think they're just like so cool because they've really done something different with every record they've ever done like it's i think that's bands that i love are kind of like that they are eclectic in their discography you know and yeah that would be so crazy that would be like i never even say that in my dream collabs because it feels so far-fetched in my mind that's the maddest thing in the world because yeah. you, i don't think you realize how close it is like it's <laughs> yeah i did it so you can do it like <sighs> it's that yeah yeah it'll happen it'll happen yeah as long as they stay together please stay together you music <laughs> they're also one of those bands though that like same key people same members same lineup, since yeah. the start like how many bands can say that you know sorry this has become like a you me at six fan yeah, interview go for it go for it i mean we're uh, good friends with them we've had them on plenty of times you've told of them more times than i can count to be fair so yeah, that's true um yeah no it's yeah it's not far away like i don't i don't yeah the fact that you're like i find it bonk like actually meant like crazy that you are like how like you think that like that's impossible I know, and I think I know, you know, that it's not that crazy, but like, there's certain bands that just like, you know, mean so much that it's like, yeah, they're just so cool to me. Yeah, well, I think our audience will love the fact that you love you music, because that's the thing, like, we talked to loads of um, American bands and stuff, and they never, it's not often that they like a UK band, really, or not, not to the point of like, you know, really, really enjoying them and saying that you're a fan of them or whatever, so... Yeah, to you, you're a fan of Yumi Six. It's amazing. They're uh, they're lovely, lovely chaps as well. Yeah, I'm, no, I bet they they seem very nice and genuine. Not I feel like Josh. <laughs> I feel like you can't have a career this long and not be a decent yes. human. Like, may I? Obviously, there's exceptions for sure, but like a band like that, you know, with the kind of reach that they've got, they've got to be pretty decent people. Well, especially now more than ever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like now more than ever, bands get found out and you mm-hmm. know get fucking stopped asap. So uh, yeah. yeah, no. The, absolutely lovely dudes absolutely lovely dudes i've got a bad word to say but but going back to some of those full, full circle moments really i mean you talk about having that family there and seeing how far you've come in that short period of time for the band's existence but i know you guys have been in the industry and tried different projects and different things so many times over how much of a difference has it been for you coming together on this project in this terms of just it being so freeing because it seems like there's i don't want to say no pressure but it seems like you really allow to be yourselves yeah yeah i I think that's a really good word for it uh i think it's just that like we're at this level where we're so comfortable around each other and like with each other that it's not really 
a thing anymore. Like in my old band, I was, we were like homies. We did stuff. We were, we had fun, but like, I wouldn't wear half of the stuff that I wear now in that <laughs> band, you know? So it's like, I think this band, the people that come to our shows and obviously the people in the band, like this highlighter over here beside <laughs> me, they just like push me to be myself. Like if I didn't, when I moved to California, I was still like, I was 18, still like wearing jeans and like t-shirts all the time. And then they just turned me into a little powder puff. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's more free in. Like you see more. It is. In. It is. I'm in such a better headspace now that I'm like letting myself be who I am and not trying to like put myself in this little bitty box to like be everyone else. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean... It makes me all like gooey hearing it. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, Donnie said it. They were freshly 18, like right out of high school when we met. And they were so quiet. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, I'm still the extroverted one. Like, yeah, <laughs> it takes two minutes to figure that one out. But like, you know, they just like watching them grow. I think that was so important to me. Like when I found out how young they were and like. I've been in positions in the past, obviously different dynamics where I was super young in comparison to the person I was dealing with. And they kind of, you know, they take advantage of your naivety. They take advantage of your pureness and your unscathed soul. And they like find a way to make that something they can use to their advantage. And it's not nice. And like, it makes me feel icky to think about. And having someone that young around me and I'm not that much older than them, but you know, the years between what, what was it? I was like 21 and you were eight, freshly 18, like the developmental years. I think I was turning 22. That's a lot of years in the like brain space that you're like growing. And I really wanted to like give them that space to be like creative and like become who they were going to become like that the years that I spent developing myself, like I grew and I feel like I could have grown even more had I not been kept back by certain aspects. And so I really like wanted to make that a big part of this band and this project. Cause we didn't really know what this band was going to be when it started. Like that's a huge part of this is honey revenge was not honey revenge. We didn't go into it with like any specific intention. Cause at first this was a four piece, you know, like a lot of people dipped out and like, I don't want to say couldn't take the heat, but like didn't have the like dedication to it that we did. And it's really hard to have dedication to something that you don't know what it is. And I get that that's an uncertainty that's very valid in those people. We were like, we didn't know if we were going to tour. We didn't know the trajectory at all. Like we had to wait a long time to figure out what this was going to be. But then it all took off so quickly that it, it was a matter of, well, thank God we took the time because had imagine we weren't, you know, prepared for it all. Like, yeah, yeah. we still don't feel prepared for it, obviously, but Word. it's, it would have been a lot scarier had we not had those years, I think, in lockdown to kind of brew and figure it out. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I think, you know, obviously that time was so horrible for so many people, but it's let people be so creative and figure things out and maybe have a little bit more time to dwell on things before they just automatically put it out there. Yeah. Would you agree with that's kind of something for you? I mean, yes, it was really crazy for me because like my project felt like my life back then. Like and it, it wasn't in retrospect, you know, I look back and it was just a local band thing, but it was so special to me because 
you never know what little project is going to take you really far. And that band for being a local project and a local band, we were gaining a fan base quickly. We felt to me like a family, but when, you know, you're young and again, you're naive and you watch people choose other things and that's just life. It's not a matter of making anyone a bad person. But for me, it felt like my whole world was shattering because everyone was leaving and it makes you look in yourself and wonder, and I've written about it even in our songs for Honey Revenge, like, am I the fucking problem? Like, why is everyone leaving? It makes you question your whole identity. And that's what I kind of had to do. I had to like watch my entire life and identity break into a million pieces and then put it back together, but put it back together, like you were saying, the way I wanted to and make it this thing that I crafted from the jump and like being able to do that with just one other person rather than four to five other people. I think the message and the identity of the band was a lot clearer because we were just on the same page. Cause we had that time to get on the same page. Like that's the best way I can say it. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, that band I was saying that I was in, um, yeah, when we, when we called it a day in 2015, I felt exactly like you, like I felt like, Oh, they've left the band because basically in the end, I was the only one who wanted to carry on. So then I was like, oh, it's got to be me then. Surely, like, everybody wants to leave because it's me. I was terrified for a while, and I was like, well, I'm just known as Sean from the Blackout. Like, what can I what can I do next? And then it took, it probably took, like, two years. I think it was two or three years until we started this. And then I kind of felt, cause I, it even put me off music for a while. Because, like, when, when the band split up, I was like, oh, well, I don't care now. Like, nobody in my world, I think, does it as well as me. So I'm not going to go and enjoy somebody else and then it took me going to somebody else's gig to be like oh i want to do this again i need to get back into this um so no i completely i completely feel the same as you on 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 those things and then yeah so get into getting to do it again was such a nice a nice feeling and again our lineup had never changed as well so to be with the people who i came up with the first time has been fantastic so far but uh, yeah, so what's next for you guys? What uh, What's the plan? I'm going to take a break. We're going to take a short little month long break and it's going to feel like three years because <laughs> I need that so bad. Uh, we're just going to go home. Um, I moved into a new apartment right before Ooh. our headliner and I still haven't really had a chance to like nest as much as I'd like. Um, so I get to do that. I want to be with my friends. I feel like I've missed my friends a lot on this year of touring that I was really, really close with and talked to every day and saw every day. And that's just not how it works in the reality of things. Um, we're working on new stuff. There's some new music we have to go in and finish when we get back. Um, and then we go back on tour with Meet Me at the Altar in the US nice, nice. in January. So that'll be really, really fun. And yeah, I mean, just I know Donnie's really ready to get back into the studio and like work on stuff. That's where their head is at. I've been itching. <laughs> They're itchy. <laughs> I got it. I got an itchy brain. I got an itchy guitarist. <laughs> I have so many ideas, and I want to get them out of my head and into people's ears. <laughs> I think it might just take a little bit of time if y'all will bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I, I feel this is such an interesting time in the band's career as well, because with the debut album, this always people discovering you for the first time, whether it be at these shows or just online or wherever, is there being any little nuances or any little comments and stuff you've seen people 
make about discovering the band that's really stuck with you or maybe kind of surprised you and been like, oh, they're taking that away from it? Uh, I, one thing, the first thing on my mind, rather, is we are a lot of people's first show. Oh, which wow. is really, really interesting and yeah. really cool. And I really love It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. It's like, man, we got to make sure we're making this as good and as cool <laughs> as it can be. And like all the people that got to be cool. Uh, we're teaching a lot of people how to like crowd surf. Like on our headliner, we just did around the U.S. Uh, since so many people are going to their first shows, they don't all have concert etiquette yet. So uh, we're having to like kind of figure out how to teach everyone responsibly in the moment. <laughs> I just thought when I DFU, meet and greets, right? The way you do you do crowd work etiquette. Oh, we're right? way ahead of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're way ahead of you. It's yeah. not necessarily a meet and greet situation, but I'm going to do it in the set. Yeah, I'm going to nice. make a whole point yeah. in the set to teach people how to hold. Because I get a little aggressive because I think I was just such a scene kid and you just like, I'm 5'2". I barely weigh 100 pounds. You know what I mean? But I'm fucking lifting kids up. I'm lifting full grown men up. Like It's scary because they're going to get more hurt by not knowing like people have this negative approach towards crowd surfing and moshing and just all that crowd shit. And it really comes from a lack of understanding and just being someone that knows as much as I do. And which isn't even much like, you know, I'm not like an old head or anything, but just knowing basic, you know, ground level knowledge on how to be in a crowd like that. I really want to cultivate a fan base that's like friendly to each other and keeping each other safe and we were bodyguards on this fucking tour we were the security guards we were wow. literally catching crowd surfers wow. donnie would have to drop the guitar and pick people up so i don't want that to keep happening <laughs> i want people to keep feeling comfortable enough to be their first crowd surf at our show you know but you know it's getting to that point where i'm like pick them up I, i've threatened to stop the show and not play anymore if well, they yeah. don't so mm -hmm. yeah we need to do that well, well speaking of being if you're having that accolade of being people's first shows what were your first ever shows oh man the first show i ever went to i was like a kid i barely remember it it was elton john wow no, sorry. okay no, right? yeah. good start yeah what a fucking <laughs> i wonder how many people's first like there can't be many people's first ever gig was elton john i know that's awesome we were like up in the nosebleeds it was fantastic yeah. uh, a few years later my uncle brought me to a rob zombie show <laughs> And that's when From I started Elton playing guitar. To Robert the Zombie. <laughs> Robert the Zombie. Robert the Zombie. From Elton John. Like, what's the similarity? Is there any similarities? No. Uh, Glasses, hat. Men. Cowboy hats, maybe. Uh, yeah. Cowboy drip. Hat. Good that's outfits. Yeah, good outfits. Uh, my first show in the scene, though, was State Champs. Oh, nice. So then that's Very like my good. trifecta. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The nightmare wow. blunt rotation. <laughs> Pass to Elton. <laughs> Rob, who's covered in sand. Why are you always covered in sand, Rob, at the zombie? I don't know. I just am. And then state champs are all. Oh, what? A, I'd be up for that. Do you know what we're gonna make at a podcast? Well, we're not gonna get out. We're not gonna get out Elton John and Rob at the zombie in the same room ever. I wonder if they've ever met. I'm gonna Google it. I wonder. I wonder. My first concert was Nickelback. Oh, oh wow! Nice, nice. nice. Robert the Zombie has met Elton John have just found yeah. out. Yeah! Where, where? What happened? Was there, did they fight? Or were they like friends? No, we'll have to find out after. Okay, <laughs> we can check later. <laughs> uh, but as we start to wind down this conversation a little bit, because you guys need to get ready for it. I know it's an earlier show today. We got a disco loadout. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Um, just wanted to get you guys thoughts on a couple of things. Obviously, like, as we keep saying, this is an opportunity for you to reach so many new people in this light and this kind of time and 2023 is being the kind of forefront for all that. Is there anything 
you've taken away from this year where you've been able to kind of just stop for a second and just appreciate it could be like the littlest thing and just think i can't believe we've managed to get to this point or this little thing has happened by now um all of it i (laughs) think one of it is being grateful because it's so easy when you're comparing yourself constantly which i do Mm. way too much and get jealous and get wrapped up in what's next what's next and you know I think this last couple months has been one of those stages where it's, well, what's next? Oh, well, we have this tour. Oh, we have this thing. We have to go do this rehearsal. We have to go into the studio. And it's really being like, I have to physically list in my journal five things I'm grateful for every day to keep myself in check because I will get so overwhelmed. And I've had a lot of shit go down this year that was not so fun. And it's all happening at the same time of the biggest things that have ever happened in my life. So it's really like, tricky because it's hard because you're missing out on a lot while also being here i think being grateful and i think the simplest bare minimum thing for me was quitting my retail job and like going full time music was really not something i expected this year they told me it might be in a couple years but maybe i didn't expect it this year wow yeah Mm -hmm. that's such a win yeah i i have a lot of my little clarity moments when we're like driving to the shows in the van it's just like wow we're in Scotland because we wrote some songs of <laughs> uh, like hearing everyone, just seeing everyone in the room, hearing them sing these songs out. I didn't write the words, but like hearing them sing these songs at us and like seeing them have a good time. It's like, we're making something here. Like this is more than just sitting in my bedroom, noodling around on a guitar. This is crazy. This is real. Well, it's so nice to see you guys just kind of live in the dream at the moment and all this excitement, all this buzz and can't wait to see what happens. Because <laughs> we're the B band. It's funny. Oh, I even plan. So I'm all for the puns. He hates me. They call, no, no. They call us punny revenge, baby. Oh. <laughs> Our merch managers in the corner going, no, they don't. <laughs> they do not call you that. They do now. They do now. You bet your fucking bippy. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Excited to see what's next. And yeah, we'll catch you at Slam Dunk. No, honestly, thank you guys for having us. This is probably one of the more fun interviews I think we've ever done oh. and actually laughed at <laughs> and not felt like it was, where'd you get your band name from? Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. what's your favorite song to play live? <laughs> oh. Give it a break! <laughs> no, you guys are really, really great. Thank you for having oh, us. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Your enthusiasm is inspiring. Oh, and, you guys. Uh, no, awesome. you. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. So thank you very much. Oh, Appreciate you're going to watch us? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Get off. Get off now. You're not so you. My voice has gone two octaves deeper. I don't know. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. Sorry. You listen to Yeah. That was uh, the beautiful Devon and Donovan of the lovely Honey Revenge. What a band. Um, love this style, love the music, and absolutely beautiful people, as um, sex offender Molly Manson once said. Oh, probably not the best of references, but we do love Honey Revenge a lot. <laughs> we do uh, the beautiful people. Yeah, don't cancel us for referencing someone else. Uh, but <laughs> I wanted to say, um, like, yeah, they were just really cool. Like, just to give a, a, an insight behind the scenes, right? We couldn't find a place to actually record this for a while. 
So Marble Factory in Bristol, we've we've never really been backstage there. We didn't know what the hell it was like. And there was one bit which is like, a, I don't want to say like a dungeon, but it was just a weird place where there was a random chair and we, we tried to set up there. That, that They even moved, helped us move tables and stuff to set up. And then we got told that there was other bands meets and greets happening by us. So probably best not to start re- recording a podcast. Uh, we ended up in their dressing room and... You know, shout out to all of their crew because they were just there eating their takeaway and being very quiet and um, laughing along to stuff. So it was just kind of nice, nice vibe from from everyone. And as I said, really, really love this band. I've seen so much love online. Absolutely killed their opening up the used. And yeah, the debut album Retrovision is a is a must. Is a must. A breakthrough album of 2023. So if you're going to Slam Dunk next summer. Get them on your watch list because they're very Come fun, on. very sassy, and just a good time. Oh, yes. Also announced this week is the return of Mallory Knox. Yeah. The Slam Dunk. Uh, fantastic. Great news, boys. Go back and check out our episode with Sam that we did back a couple of years ago. That was very good. That was about the end of Mallory Knox, which was, it was quite a sad but intriguing mm. look into what happens when a band ends. But good news for everybody. They are coming back. But also, here's what blew my mind. Above Ed Automatica. <laughs> I love Mallory Knox, right? <laughs> I love The Blackout. The Blackout would never be above Ed Automatica. Like, I would, I would say, Ben, I, I accept your place, man. Thank you. <laughs> that is very kind of you. But do you realize that Daryl Palumbo of Glass Show who gave us all, all these bands above us their sound. He's playing with his band Head Automatica, who literally people went and tried to rip off for about 10 years. So fantastic news, Mallory Knox are back. Apologies for that, if anybody's upset with what I've just said, but uh, come no, on, hey, isn't it? Just, just come on. We all love Palumbo. Come on, he, he deserves to be higher, but maybe he wants to be on early so he can like, have a better with me. Thing, yeah, yeah, hang with you. Yeah. Have a better catering because the blackout yeah. are playing. But yeah. I didn't have. Oh, Ma- yeah. He's probably got to get ready for his guest appearance in our <laughs> song. Um, what, what song what? can we do? Oh, we're doing best in town, are we? Um, yeah, silent where we speak. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. not. He's not <laughs> the slowest one. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. nothing will yeah. get the crowd going more than having him out for the slowest one. Come to Slam Dunk. Also, um, today's my birthday, 29th of December. Woo! Tomorrow, the Blackout are playing our second Merthyr Tidville show um, since reforming in June. Um, that'll be in the Scala in Merthyr Tidville. Hopefully, that goes ahead and I don't die between now and then. Yeah, fingers crossed as well, because this year is your birthday weekend, so that would be even mm. more sad. So, um, yeah. everyone, send Sean your love at Pod on Please. Twitter, Instagram, to him directly. I, I I would say via letter, but then they'd ask me to give you to give them your that's address, true. and that's, that's bad. True. No one wants that. God. Well, actually, if you if you write a letter to Sean Smith of the Blackout and just put Merthyr of Tidville and put a put a stamp on it, I've genuinely received those letters <laughs> and packages before now. So, but hey, how, like, how does give that a try work? now. How does that work? Please, someone give it a try because I want to see if it works. I might do it. It does I work. To send you a it definitely letter. does work. Yeah, Sean Smith, the black at <laughs> Mercedesville. That's what you need to put on an envelope. And I promise you, my town is so small that that letter will definitely get to me. Um, well, also, last week we mentioned um, we were meant to be doing a big surprise for this being my birthday. Um, 
But as you can probably hear, I am slightly underwater still and I've not been very well lately. So rather than me talking for a fucking firm hour, you know, for my birthday podcast, um, we decided to have the mighty Honey Revenge on a little bit sooner. So if you were expecting something today that we discussed last week, apologies, that's on me. I owe you. Join our Patreon and I will give you one kiss as, as payment for not doing the thing we were originally going to do that you didn't even know about. So it's pointless <laughs> me bringing it up. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Sapmin to find out all the secrets and get even more confused by our mad rambles. And hey, the group we've uh, somehow managed to get together who kind of just celebrate this and celebrate each other is the best thing on earth. And we always need to thank them, but especially at the end of the year for getting us through 2023, letting us be able to talk some absolutely stupidly ridiculously amazing guests this year and do things like live podcasts at festivals and just you know another 52 weeks in a row of this so thank you so much everyone listening and to our patreon page if you head to the description of this episode there's loads of names there that we thank but as always sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our satin podcast patreon community Yes, thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mayumi, Janelle Castan, Paul Hirschfield, Tony Michael, Scarlett Charlton, Dilly Grimwood, Mitch Perry, Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Irwin, Emma Barber, TPSW underscore Owens, Molly Malloy and James Bowbank, Amy Louise, Kat Besant, Alexandra Pemblidon, Jonathan Gutierrez, who I messaged on Christmas Day to let him know that the coffee he sent me that I haven't had for months because he sent me the beans and I didn't have a grinder. I got a Christmas present of a grinder just to have his bloody coffee. I could have had that cash, John. I could have had that cash, but somebody bought me a coffee grinder and I tasted his coffee yesterday and it was fucking lovely. It's called Blue Note. That's too much advertising for someone who's just a Patreon. That's the grinder you wanted. I thought there was a different... Anyway, anyway. Thank you very much. Jenny Robinson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Carolyn Robinson... Stephen Aston, Kate Puttock, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Sean Fines, M. Evans Roberts, Evan, Ollie Amesbury, Emily Perry, Khalila Keane, Adam King of the Gospel, Josh, how much does Santa pay to park the sleigh? Nothing, it's on the house, Chris. That's the same as last week, so that's lazy from him. Ooh. Thank you very much, Vicky, Kyle, Bunty, Chocolate Fan, David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and families. Thank you to all of those people. To anybody who is part of our Patreon, check the description of this episode wherever you listen to podcasts to see more beautiful, beautiful humans who basically make this podcast available to you for free. You stealing, thieving, Christmas time bastards. You like the wet bandits, but <laughs> soggier and smelly. The damp bandits. Ooh. That's what you are if you listen to this and you don't join our Patreon. Sorry, very sorry to everybody for that rant. Um, it's Christmas, so it shouldn't be. <laughs> the Damp Bandits. If no one uh, steals that for a band name and they play 2000 Trees or Slam Dunk oh. by the summer, I'm going to be very upset. That's I think definitely a band that would play 2000 Trees, Damp Definitely, bandits, definitely. Yeah. Well, we love it. We love it. But thank you again. Thank you to everyone who's just supported us this year in whatever we do, whether it be this podcast, would be Sean with the Blackout and his other bands, or just uh, us as human beings. We do really appreciate it. And we hope you come back in 2024 for even more surprises, special guests, and rants. Let us know who you want to hear in the new year. And uh, you never know. You never know who's going to turn up on the Podcast. And we're going to keep that going for 2024. 
Yes, yes we are. Um, yes, good. Tidy, you we are then. Job done. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Sapnin! Sapnin! Forgot to talk in. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.